1: Welcome to the Feudal Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack, and joining me today is Rick. How are you doing today, Rick? You know, I'm
0: not really too mad about today. It's good weather, nice little bit of snow on the ground, and it's not even going to be that cold today. I think it might all go away. Ooh. What very, about you?
1: Eh, not too bad. It's been, uh, hasn't been too cold. You know, I live out in a desert, so it goes from, uh, you know, low 40s at night to the high 70s during the day right now. Um, today, we're going to talk about Gurren Logan, uh, and this was your choice. And uh, spoiler alert to everyone that's going to be listening, this is a general discussion, so we will be talking about everything in full. That's beginning, middle, and end. Uh, and we do have a tendency to bounce around a little bit, so bear with us, please. Now, uh, Gurren Logan, uh, this was definitely uh a post-apocalyptic feeling anime really set in the future uh far far in the future and it is it also uh i feel sets groundwork for for anything goes like the, it, it definitely it definitely sets the groundwork for anything goes. it doesn't matter what it is if we can imagine it if we want to do it it's basically fair game which i'm i'm honestly happy with you know a lot of animes they tend to set themselves with real strict uh guidelines and and they restrict the amount of things that they can do but this one like just just even in the beginning they, they're just like all out anything goes type thing and uh you know i
0: i did see that i did notice that and it to to your point i agree it does seem like it is a limitless opportunity type of universe however i would disagree i think there's limits and then you have the characters see the limits specifically the two main characters at the beginning they see the limits and they would like to surpass the limits like it's 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 less about an unlimited universe so much as seeing a set that you can reach and going beyond it. Always having personal growth. It's one of the things that I think made Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Franchise so popular. There was always a limit. There was not always someone necessarily stronger immediately in the distance, but you would always have to surpass your own limitations. And that, I think, is what is so great about this anime. It transcends like the genre, in my opinion. It, it's just, it's that good. You could take this premise and throw any generic story at it, and you would have, in my opinion, a fairly successful anime. And I think that a lot of people have taken this, this plot, if you will, um, and made successful anime out of it. Mm. Any thoughts on that?
1: Uh, well, uh, I would, I would disagree a little bit in the sense that, uh, e- even Dragon Ball, uh, they, they do have kind of, uh, they do have their limitations, whereas of this, while they do have some random limit or limitations in that everyone can die or people can die, um... When it comes to other things it's it's they they don't set a limitation on, on anything else really in that regard and in, in in the fact that they even go for the strongest guy at the very end too, you know, and and are able to overtake him. But we'll get to that in a minute about the ending more so uh, to kind of give you all a little bit of a premise, uh Simone and Kamina uh, are two of the main characters in the very beginning, and and you learn about them, and they're actually underground. And at the beginning, you hear Simon, uh, talking because he talking about digging because they do live underground, and, and they're given stakes or uh, mole rat stakes, as I believe they are uh, called, uh, yep. for doing a great job in digging to help expand their uh their living their living area. So that way they can expand the number of people that can be there.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh, Simone or Simone is known as Simone, the digger. He, he's very good at what he does. He always pushes forward, which is a, a rather large plot point throughout the whole series.
1: Yes. Yes. He is. He is very known for his digging. And uh, a couple of girls, even in the beginning, start making fun of him because of this, because he's dirty, he smells, he's been digging all day, and and so they're poking fun at him, never mind the fact that he has a actually a really important job in making sure that they can expand the city, so that way they're not overpopulating their small area.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of weird, they don't understand, like the chief doesn't understand that there is anything above the the dirt ceiling essentially and in their opinion that's they only can go down they can never go up right and that is surprisingly not questioned by hardly anyone except maybe kamina but it's just a given fact that the surface isn't something that's real and you have no business looking up. Just keep digging down. Keep expanding our little world so that we can continue to thrive. And they have things like, um, what are they, Earthquake? Yeah, earthquakes that threaten their civilization. So they always have to keep expanding and keep moving in strategic ways that allow for structures and underground environment to happen. The right. thing that I find quite funny is they might be digging all this stuff up, but you never quite get where they're putting the dirt.
1: Yeah. And uh you like, even when they're digging, it's like the dirt just magically disappears. It's like, well, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't quite work like that. You know, he's got a drill. <laughs> so he's going through the dirt in, in like a one area. And it's, where is that going? Yeah, It's just disappearing. It's,
0: it's being eviscerated. It's going into the nothingness that is his life currently, you know?
1: yeah so that's you know that's why i said basically it lays the groundwork for anything goes i mean like you can't dig without having to displace that matter right that you can't unless
0: you're here <laughs> unless you're there
1: so uh, that's that's how it starts off and then you know the the chief of the area uh says you know tells them it's like you there's nothing up there and come Kamina says he's been to the surface with his dad, and because he was scared, he came back down because he wasn't ready for it. And now he he has that driving force where he wants to go to the surface. He feels he's ready. And and so he convinces convinces uh Simon to just like, let's go up, let's dig up and, and get out of here. And and so you see these uh molt giant mole rats these beasts of of mole rats they're riding on riding up and then they slam into each other up at the top and then they start building on top of each other while Simone has the drill ready to go and then they get knocked down
0: yeah (laughs) and it's it's a beautiful kind of metaphor that there's always someone in power that does not want to disrupt the status quo because in their opinion, they have the best plan and no one's plan other than their own is, is viable. It does work. And you'll find going through the series that you'll see a lot of the pretense is, well, we're maintaining the status quo so as not to disrupt our life. We're right. comfortable where we are. We don't want to attempt the, the the improvement for fear that it might set us back, make us regress rather than advance. And Kamina is that rebel that is like, you know what? Screw this. I'm not satisfied with this. There is something more, and I I need it. I want it, and I need it. And you're set up with a dynamic between Simone and Kamina that is. Very uh, symbiotic in nature. Um, Kamina has the confidence that is unwavering. And Simone uses that to continue forward because, hey, if my big bro who has such faith in me is so confident that we can continue on, he must know what we're doing. I just got to keep following his directive. And he's very much a... Hey, you point me where to go, and I'm gonna keep going in that direction until you make, till, till you decide otherwise. And he's like that through most of the series, and it, it's it works really well, right? But, because
1: because he has faith in the the people that are telling him where to go. Um exactly, But also yeah. at the same time, the reason why they have the 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 courage and confidence to say where to go is because they see Simone doing what he needs to do. What he's like, hey, you know what? I just this is what needs to be done. This is what I'm going to do. And so he does it. And so it gives them the confidence to be able to do it or gives uh, Kamina the confidence to do it because he sees Simone unwaveringly just continue to dig forward. And so it gives yeah. him the confidence to continue to drive everyone on. So it's a very symbiotic relationship between the two of them. And it's very and built up like that in the very beginning. That's episode one.
0: And the kind of cool part is they reinforce that later on uh and like i want to say the middle ish of the anime you're like they they tell a story and you hear two sides of the same story and it's kind of funny because the hero in the story is if if it's simone saying it the hero is kamina mm-hmm. if you hear Kamina's side of the story it's simone because kamina's full of bolster he's like i'm not gonna die here we're good just keep going and that that was. Simone's like, hey, bro's got this. He knows what we're doing. We're just going to keep going. Common is like some kind of stroke of luck. All I saw was Simone's back and it gave me the confidence because I know he wouldn't stop so long as I believed in him and he believed in me. And a reoccurring thing is don't believe in yourself. Believe in the me that believes in you. And that right there, that's what I mean by symbiotic.
1: Yes. They don't
0: believe in themselves because they... (laughs) They don't have confidence in themselves, but they have confidence in each other and they're able to feed off of that. And that builds up some kind of just power, if you will, to yes. keep just persevering and moving forward.
1: Right. Um, also, in the very beginning, uh, Simone comes across a strange artifact that glows for him. And and we don't really know if this artifact glows for anyone else and, and you come to learn a little bit later on not too far that it's called a uh core right it or looks a, like
0: a drill it and does everything everything in this anime everything in this show goes back to the power of the spiral mm-hmm. and a drill is a spiral in shape it is quite literally the the, the image of the symbol and every time you see a spiral you'll see it in some people's eyes you'll see it in the tail of a pig you'll see it in the drill they use they'll see it in just random things and it simply symbol- it, it it symbolizes power innate power untapped power and unlimited potential the ability to keep continue drilling forward through adversity through everything
1: right but- and it only glows it only reacts to uh simone no one else yep. He's the only one that can use it, and it and it's kind of like it, it has an an eight drawing to him, so it's already connected to him. And <laughs> and Ironically he also enough, he,
0: he finds it while digging. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, because that's why he digs. You know, he digs to discover the unknown, to to see if there's treasures out there, and because it's what he loves. Um, he also yeah. finds a face, a giant robotic face and this is what sets everything up because it the robotic face reacts to him the the core the little drill reacts to him and so they both react they both start uh pulsating uh with a green glow and and he wants he wants to show his big bro he wants to show kamina
0: now, at the time, Kamina, we were talking about how they tried to make the grand escape using the the, the mole rat looking things. Um, well, when they were struck down by the chief, Kamina took all the responsibility, as you'll see that his very leader-esque tendencies are prone to do. He takes all the responsibility. He takes all of the punishment because that's what he does. That's his role in life, to be the leader And he is very strong in his belief that, you know what? I'm the leader. The buck stops with me. My guys are doing what I'm saying. So, of course, the fault is only mine. They're just following me. And he's the only one punished. He actually disowns a few guys because they turned tail. And when Simone said, no, I'm, I'm up there, too, he got respect and love out of kamina and it was a small moment that is you can harken back to it throughout the anime and you can see that that just it develops more and more in different ways but that one little thing solidifies their bond anyway he's thrown in jail or their jail and you come to find out he could escape whenever he wants it's it's such a silly type of punishment it's like go stand in that corner. But it's the, it's the symbolism of that punishment, more so than the punishment itself.
1: Well, he's actually in their little makeshift jail area, and he does have cuffs. And Simone drills right under him and breaks the cuffs for him and says, hey, come with me. I want to show you this thing that's really cool. And roughly around that same time, around that I, same I time.
0: I need to interject because Simone didn't break the cuffs. He just tore him apart with his hands. He's just like, well, all right, I, I guess I can follow you. Just make sure the old man doesn't find out because we'll be in trouble for for me walking out of here. And then he takes he, he just separates his hands and the ropes fall away. so he was plenty strong enough to get out of it on his own.
1: You're right it is ropes, but uh which brings to question where did they get the material from for the rope? Where do they get the material for a lot of the stuff they have? Like, the metal, I can get. The mole rats, you know, I can get. They they shave them before they kill them or after they kill them, and that's how they get their clothes. How do they get the plastic? How do they they get get
0: the utensils? How do they get a lot of stuff? Yeah,
1: yeah. I agree
0: with you. It doesn't make any sense, but not a lot about this anime does make sense. You're not supposed to question stuff like that.
1: I question everything about that (laughs) when you're forced to live underground.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know who knows? Maybe they didn't realize it was plastic. It was just too dark. And they're like, you know what? I'm just happy that I'm not starving right now. And I don't have to eat more
1: dirt, but that's just me. Okay. I'll let it slide then. Um, (laughs) Also in the first episode, you're introduced to the third main character, Yoko. Yoko is very much there for your fan service and enjoyment. There, there is no denying that. Like, she yeah. is there scantily clad in a bikini top and some shorty short shorts, some daisy dukes.
0: Yeah, and she has a rocking body. Now that, I will say, is one of the high points of this whole anime. Not necessarily her body, but the graphics. You've got three style of female in this in, in drawing styles, whereas you've got like 20, 30 different kinds of dudes from super fat to really old to just nonsensical, but you really only have the attractive woman, the attractive lolly. And then you have kids. That's literally, literally it. Um, Eh,
1: they have a couple other ones in there. Uh, but they tend to change into these, uh, creatures, uh, beast men a little bit later on. Uh, like from fair. the uh what's it called from the episode where they go to uh
0: oh they go to say yeah no i know what you're talking about um i don't necessarily think they changed into beastmen so much as they were a cover for beastmen like the the dudes were so focused on the girls that they overlooked hey there's there's a hairy chick over here yeah wearing like all covering everything
1: yeah fair enough fair enough so um um you are in the beginning a lot goes on right in the very first episode. You're introduced to all three characters. You're given that all three of them have a very close relationship, develop a very close relationship. At least Simon and Kamina develop a very close relationship and you have that foundation built on just in the very first episode. Um you can also tell immediately that Yoko immediately starts thinking of Simon as a younger brother and that's about it. That's all she really sees him as is, is more like a younger brother type type of character.
0: Yeah. And you, you definitely see the the reverse is not true. He kind of sees her as, wow, she's definitely a, a new breed, so to speak. She doesn't think I'm dirty. She doesn't think I'm disgusting. She relies on me. Right. So he kind of grows attached to her in a minor amount and then you come to see that Kamina is the one that she's attracted to.
1: Oh, yeah, because he's and, and, very confident. He's, you know, he's very leader-esque. He doesn't show any fear. He He's a go-getter. He goes out. He does what he needs to do in general. I mean, like, she finds those qualities very attractive.
0: Now, we're jumping ahead a little bit, going back to their first encounter. You're introduced to Yoko when... Uh, Earthquake happens and everyone's going crazy and then the sky starts falling Mm
1: -hmm. quite
0: literally the surface that everyone was so sure didn't exist was opened up to them because this giant face they call it jumps down and starts wreaking havoc and that's when Yoko jumps in with this badass gun and starts shooting this this thing That you later find out is something they refer to as a mecha gunman. uh, Oh, a mecha gunman. Sorry. Not even
1: (laughs) mecha gunman. They just refer to it as gunman.
0: Oh, my bad. I I will concede that. That sounds appropriate. Um, But the things are just these giant robots that are killing people and they don't know why. They don't know what's going on. And then Simone was like, hey, there's this face I want you guys to see. And this face thing. Turns out to be a very small version of these gunmen, and this small little face—I forget what they name it. They what they name it? Gorin?
1: Uh, I think was they it was a No, they named it Logan. Logan? Yeah.
0: And then okay, so they named it Logan. I'm not quite sure what that represents or why, but again, Big Bro, who's who's coming and henceforth, Big Bro should be synonymous with Kamina because that's they don't always say his name they always refer to him big bro said this big bro said this big bro wouldn't do this that kind right, of right
1: right simon says big bro uh yoko always refers to him as Kamina along with everyone else so the only person that actually ever calls him big bro consistently is simon everyone else refers okay. to him as Kamina
0: you have a point. You have a point. I just see the enemy through Simone's eyes, which is why I was just thinking that, I guess. But either way, uh, in the first episode, you find out that this little Logan is able to, on, is able to fight with the best of them. He's extremely sturdy. He's extremely just everything you'd want. And he's powered by Simone. And Simone seems to be the only one that seems to be able to use him and then episode two three four five he gets better and better he maintains the fact that he is to be perfectly to be perfectly honest just a, an extremely whiny brat that is almost forced to do anything yes by, by his big bro i and
1: i would uh, big bro. i would agree Good? yeah no i i agree completely he but then again he he is a kid uh but uh let let's Let's talk about like what goes on in these episodes too, you know? I mean like why I why again, I I reiterate that, you know, it sets groundwork for anything goes because, you know, when they fi- finally come across another one of the supporting characters, Villarreal, which is a beastman, you know, they they do something yeah. outrageous. Like during the second battle, they do something completely outrageous cuz they fight him twice. But And then they take all, over. Well, just in the second episode, they like no one ever thought to, to to hijack a gunman, and so Kamina just like he's like I'm gonna go take that, and he hops, kicks in, forces it open, and he gets in there, kicks the guy out, and he takes over the gunman. He 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 actually takes it over. It's like and everyone's like I never thought to do that. Weird. Well, see,
0: there's also growth that happens here too, because you find out that communist father who shoved him back in the in the ground and said hey you're not ready you're still too scared come get me when you're ready i'll be waiting you come to find out that the dad didn't make it too far and the dad's been dead for a very long time yeah and it really affects him and messes with his mind and it it's exactly what he needed because it pushes him through his own evolutionary state whereas simone for some reason maybe due to his perseverance, maybe mainly due to, I don't know, something unique about him specifically. He was able to work the small gunman almost instantly. Right. And and King, uh, uh, Big Bro was not able to. Like He'd hop in and nothing worked. And then he was pushed to a mental breaking point where he surpassed his own limits. Well, and- the reason
1: why he was pushed past the mental point isn't because he saw his dad it's because he saw a skull after he hit the screen and that resonated with him he didn't even know that it was his dad until after he went to to go pick it up to bury it and that point that's when he realized that it was his dad and it affected him kind of but not so much
0: well in that case let me rephrase the skull seeing the his eventual inevitability, because everyone dies, his eventual inevitability, he wanted to reject that and forge a new path. He was not about to die here. And that strain forced him to open up a type of power, fighting spirit, he calls it, never giving up, never surrendering, always pushing forward, something that Simone always did, mainly yeah. because of the faux confidence of somebody else.
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: but it was it was there nonetheless. And when he found his own reason, the gunman started to work with him. And then you find out that that tiny gunman that Simone does, very much like his own personality, is able to merge and make something better by connecting and fusing with something else. Yeah, because by himself originally he was not that good, but when he merges with big bro he becomes this ultimate badass that you just can't stop
1: well they could still control it independently and this goes again he he says let's combine he just picks up simone in the the mecca and just shoves the head right on top of yeah. his own mech on his own gunman and adjusts it and said that was combining all right so there was like literally no plan on how to do this and everyone got really excited about it they're like yes combined that's great and he just shoves it right in his head he just to like,
0: be fair ah. we never we never accused him of being a genius <laughs> want to point that out right now
1: well no and one would just, ever accuse him of that it was just hysterical. It, though. it was
0: pure instinct which is what he relies on the most he was like i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it it's gonna happen boom well,
1: not what only now? that they make up moves all the way through it's like how you come where are these moves coming from he's like this is gonna what this is what we're doing giant giga yep. giga drill and he's just go. like yeah. go and it's like all right it's like yell out the moves that you're gonna do that makes sense and then it just poof comes comes to reality
0: <laughs> manifest
1: power go yeah exactly so so it definitely sets the groundwork for basically anything goes i mean like if you want to do it set your mind to it you can make it happen type of thing all right there there is no real restriction in that sense um as we progress through the anime right uh we come across uh, a different settlement that's underground and they come across it by accident um but it shows a real contrast uh, in between where Simon's from and from where where they are now. And, and they talk about where Yoko's from. So they actually were forced to go up to the top because uh, there was a gas that started leaking in there. So they had a choice. Either go to the surface, go up. Or die. Or die. <laughs> they chose to go up to the surface, which ironically, is also kind of like a death sentence unless you fight constantly. Yeah. Um, and then uh, also what's interesting is no one really can read.
0: Yeah, everyone is functionally illiterate to this point in the anime. It, it's kind of crazy. As you progress through the anime, you start to see evolutionary traits. Mm-hmm. The, the learning capabilities of people skyrocket. As soon as I want to say, as soon as they come in contact with Simone, like the, yeah. the petite, he's like the key to unlock everyone, and it, it's kind of funny because he doesn't himself evolve until much later. He doesn't stand on his own two feet until to later.
1: Yeah, I think but, it's like yeah, episode no, ten. That's when he really starts standing on his own two feet.
0: Really. Yeah. Now the 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 settlement you're referring to is the one where the next semi-main character comes into play named Ross who's a child and in this settlement you've got a very strict this is how many people we can support on extremely meager um, provisions we can once we hit this number like anymore we can't afford to feed everybody people will start dying disease will spread it's just not good And the main priest, the main head of the guy, if you will, he understands this and he creates a very cold hearted and very by the book, by the numbers, this is how we can survive. The majority will survive and the minority will suffer. And unfortunately, this is what life has been dealt to us. This is the way things have gone. This is what we need in order to make sure that we don't, essentially kill ourselves off. And so they, he uses a very strict form of population control. Once the, he creates this religion type of thing that everyone just follows. He's the smartest one. He's, he's the most able. He appears to be the oldest and he has this idea. Hey, you know, once we hit 50 or once we hit a certain number, I think it was 50. Yeah. If we pass 50 and enter into 51, We're not going to make it as a people, so we're going to send people to the surface, to the promised land, on a journey towards the holiest of holy lands where you can go and prosper and be happy and all this stuff. He knew it was a death sentence. He knew he was sending people up with nothing. And he knew, but he still did it because the survival of the majority is worth the sacrifice of the minority.
1: Also, at this exact same time, you're introduced to Dari and Gimmy, which were the next two people, the next two kids that were uh, set to be uh, sent to the surface.
0: Correct. Now they were specific. They the the way that this thing was done is you all go in a group and you all get to pick sticks, and the two with the red sticks, or however many. Let's say you are only at fifty-one. Well, only one person with a red stick would have to go to the surface. Well, if you if there are 52, then two people have to go to the surface. So they all pick red sticks and it was a rigged lottery. The two children had lost their parents to some kind of disease or accident. So they were homeless and the community was taking care of them. So the leader in his wisdom, if you'll call it that, decided that those two we missed the least. And if they send them to the surface, status quo shall remain and no one will grieve for them. And Rasu found out that th- this is the truth. He found out that this is a problem and yeah. he decided that he was going to join them. And his reasoning for it is he doesn't want these kids to go off alone. And the secret that the priest, the, the leader is sending them off to die will be kept and he'll also be freeing up a mouth, so the next person to be born doesn't mean somebody will be sacrificed. It's it, all around; it seems to be the best option for that moment, right? And Rossu grows with everyone moving forward, right? Um, but he he,
1: he also uh, main maintains and holds on to those core beliefs of what his father did too. At, True. at a fundamental level. His father yeah. also or the priest also sends him with the book and he and and he he yeah, tells he him, him he's him like I relic. can't read this and he he looks at his son and he laughs and he goes I can't read it either. And so Yeah, the, well
0: no the, the way the way that that's that's thing went up he says hey here's this here's our most holy book you can take this on your journeys it, it'll it'll be a source of comfort for you. And the guy goes, "Well, father, I can't read." And the father says, "You know what's kind of funny? Neither can I." Yeah. And that—that's how you find out that it's a hundred percent BS. But it's BS that the leader of this group finds necessary. It is a necessary evil, and it's unfortunate. And Ross, you understands on a fundamental level, like you, you like said, and he takes it forward with him. He believes that the majority is most important and you'll see tidbits here and there as he's still a child when he says things and he does things that everyone else finds extremely contradictory yeah oh we're gonna suck we're going to risk our nation for that one person of ours we're gonna go get him and he goes are you sure and this is just a scenario this is just one of the the few that they go on. He goes, are you sure we can do that? And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And they go and they succeed. But they don't necessarily teach Ross you that this is what you're supposed to do. So, and that becomes a huge factor later on. Huge.
1: Yeah, yeah, it does. It does become a very big factor. And it also brings to question, like how many total settlements are there underground? Like in all?
0: You know, I, I don't personally know. Do you have any like even number they threw out? Because I know there was... They was threw more out, than
1: yeah, no, they threw out towards towards way towards the end. We're talking about like late teens, early twenties in the episodes. Uh, they throw out a total number of thirty six large settlements, uh, is what they find out. But how how many there actually are is another question entirely because we don't know if that's including all the tinier ones that were like where he came from you know, where, where you had like a maximum of 50 people and that can be sustained. So we don't know. And at this point, while
0: you have your main character, you have your main protagonists, you also, and we haven't really discussed this part too much. You have, you're introduced to your main villains and the, the beastmen, so to speak, appear to be wild and rampant at the beginning. And they only attack in the morning and they don't attack at night for some weird reason. And then um, in the episode where they combine, the Simone and um, his big bro combine, um, they're facing a different breed, if you will. Um, If you were to classify them as levels, you'd have your guns doing all the regular attacking. And now the captain comes through and he's like, yo, I'm Mr. Big Dick on campus. What you got? And you find out that not only is this going to be a main character, a reoccurring main character, main bad guy, he's also got a very strict sense of what's right and what's wrong to almost as fervent and as stringent as Rasu does, because there are times in the anime where he could kill them outright, but he's like, you know what, I would, that would bring me no honor. Yeah. He refers to them as naked monkeys. And yeah. there's a point when he actually comes up on them and they're, they're they're legitimately naked. Yeah. There's no, there's no honor in killing a naked monkey. Who's actually naked. Go get ready before we fight. I'm going to show you how much better I am than you because I am superior in every way. So you do your preparations and then come to me. And he is soundly defeated almost every time. And, and more to the point, how, how much he actually brings to the table or affects the series. The reason that Gurren, which is um, Big Bro's mecha, and Logan, which is Simone's mecha, or gun, Gunman, I apologize, um, combine is because they see this big bad villain has two faces. And Big Bro's like, hey, that's not fair. We need two faces, too. Let's combine. And then that's when he makes the two faces, and that's when they steal the helmet from the the big bad beastman, the, the captain, if you will. Right. And that becomes a reoccurring, hey, I want my helmet back. You took something from me. I want it back. You're mine.
1: But also, you have to understand that there's more characters going on here, uh than just that because the uh, the main protagonist the main villain out of all this at least for the first half is a uh, a character called, uh, referred to as the Spiral King and um the same character you're talking about Vival uh has an audience with the king and he he asks like why why are these Humans even here. Why are these these creatures even around? He also asks about the beastmen as well at the same time. Again, this takes place around halfway through the through the anime, and the Spiral King actually tells Roll why they have to go to sleep every night, and and you find this out. And and what the reason is is because if they don't go to sleep every night, their cells, their bodies will literally. Break down like they will yeah, not they be creators, able to con- continue. They are created
0: imperfect beings on purpose,
1: right? Right. And
0: you find out later it's because of the double helix and it's their DNA essentially, right? But I, I do you remember at what point in the anime that we're actually introduced to a bad guy named the Spiral King? I do not. So I actually do remember, and I was I'm sorry I was wrong on the the naming. You had your grunts and then your, your semi-sort of big boss, who was, I guess, an assassin. Um, what was his name again? I forget. Um, V-Roll. V-Roll, yeah, I don't know why I can't remember that one. Anyway, V-Roll's boss was a captain. So you hear about him and the, the story goes, hey, we got to go to this captain and stop him from keeping throwing all these gunman at us so that we can stay safe and then in that big fight you see this gigantic gunman and you just go oh he to give you an idea how big this gunman is a person hops in a gunman and he stands roughly like 40 ish feet tall right 40 50 something like that that's the average height going off of the fact that you're assuming each person's roughly like five, ten, six, 6 something like that Five, ten, six foot Right. That's the average. Okay. So you got these gigantic metal gunmen. Well, this big base, this mobile base that we're talking about, is throwing them like baseballs. The hand of this thing is able to encompass the forty or fifty foot gunmen in the hand like a baseball and chucking them in a general direction. Yeah. To keep everybody silenced, and you find out later that there's even bigger people behind them. That this is not a an isolated event now oh you know it just occurs to me there are originally if you do the math there's four generals so i apologize they're not they are not fighting a a captain, it's a general they're fighting in this big ship and the general is saying hey you're not going to take my my gunman because the spiral king himself has gifted me with this and that was the first moment you even hear about the spiral king and that's the first inkling of oh we are going to need to fight something way bigger, way better than this guy. Yes. And this was a very memorable fight, in my opinion, and I think in anybody, because this is the first major death of the series, the one that just makes you go, there's no way. No. There's... Yep. I yep. remember watching it and just being hurt. That doesn't typically happen from... <laughs> Cartoons from anime.
1: Unless you Um, uh, develop a symbiotic relationship with that anime and it speaks to you on a fundamental level. Um, But yeah, no, Kamina dies in this episode. It's uh, episode eight, you know, that he dies. He dies one third of of the way way through the, through the series. And And, uh, it affects everyone greatly too. It, It really does. It affects everyone greatly Uh, to, To uh even simon spends an eps an entire episode desolate just he lost the will to live in general
0: he starts throwing himself in conflicts that he shouldn't exactly and he's very much about well bro would do this and bro took it all on himself and bro did this so no one could die so i need to take his place and he becomes a miniature version of what he thought his bro was and It's actually a good and a bad thing. It makes him extremely reckless. It makes him extremely unreliable. And it makes everyone around him turn a cold shoulder to him because even though he's hurting the most, they need him to be stronger. They need him to be better. But they can't coddle him because it'll take his growth too long. And in one of these conflicts, he's thrown to a rather far place where he's just lost and then his gunman stops working.
1: Yeah, the energy starts feeding back and and it wigs out on its own and it runs away and it runs into this field. And what ends up happening uh, when he runs into this field because uh, the gunman that he was fighting chased after him, he comes across a container.
0: That was just recently thrown. He actually watches it physically be thrown overboard. Yes. Not overboard, but in this canyon.
1: Yes. And he walks over to it and opens it up with the core cuz it fits perfectly in there. He notices that he goes over to the log and grabs it, walks over to there and opens it. And a girl pops out. And she looks mostly human too, except for the randomly colored hair and the cross in the eyes. She looks human. And she's puzzled by what she sees. She's like, "Oh, you look almost like me. What are you?" "Um, oh, I'm, I'm human." Like, "What's your name?" This is where you're introduced to another main character to replace Kamina, so to speak. In so many words, you know, it it yeah. definitely gives uh, Simon the balance that he needed. and And this character's name is Nia, and and she sees Simon, and she can tell that he's very distraught and everything like that. And he yeah, gets she in no the why. right. She doesn't know why, but the gunman appears and he's like i need to fight this gunman i need to do this you run away you save yourself she's like why don't we just both run away let's just both both get out of here and he's like no i have to do this She's like it looks like you want to die do you want to die because i don't think you want to die i think you should just just run with me and and so after some convincing after the after logan no longer wants to work he runs away with her, uh, only to have a rocket launched at him that then everyone else goes and saves. But but yeah, no, it 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 finally gives him starts giving him some balance. If it finally gives him the driving force that he needs to live. He's he still goes through like another episode or two of kind of figuring out what's going on and and Coping with the loss, and everyone else is also trying to figure out how to cope with the loss. But they also find out that Nia is or was the daughter of the Spiral King.
0: No, well, she still is. You don't stop being, but she's disregarded. She's no longer in his presence, and he got bored of her. Right. Apparently, the Spiral King has a um, hobby of just making more of him, making more. Uh, daughters and, and sons and just discarding them when he gets bored. Well, and the moment that she got boring for him was when she goes, well, why was I born?
1: Yeah, the second and- that she became sentient, as one of the other generals says, like the king has no need for a doll that can think for itself.
0: Yeah, and you come to find out that it's not necessarily the fact that she can think on her own. It's the fact that the sentience the why am I here is very dangerous yes. for the king and for humanity if you will right but um, not a lot really happens you have a few episodes of fan service you've got um
1: you got some battles that go on nothing really major they fight another gen- a couple of the generals. Uh, you do run across another city, but they never actually go into the city. The general ends up holding them hostage, and and uh, they rebel, so to speak, or or they betray uh, Simone and everyone else, thinking that was the only option that they actually had. And then, well, kind you, of. I mean,
0: it was one of those things where, and I don't mean to interrupt, but it it was one of those things where not every human is a friend and they were brought up with the, these beastmen are our boss. These beastmen care for us. These beastmen do everything for us. And you have one of the generals who was like what, four or 500 years old, something like that. Yeah. Going going on and saying, we're just going to use them and then discard them when we're done. And that was their lot in life. That's what they believed. It was a dream case of Stockholm syndrome in mass, but they were able to lure, <laughs> stupidly um team gurin or team daigurin at that time into this trap and everyone except the main leader who who was he again i forget what his name was Kitan. Kitan, that's right Kitan was like hey we gotta go see these beautiful girls and everyone else was like you know it's really strange that it it feels a lot like a trap because why would they be able to send this message out the beastmen are going to see it too and Kitana was like, nope, big bro would have done it. We got to go do it now. Yep. And so they go and they get into a trap. And you find out that the princess is wanted, essentially, by this main general. And that's when it triggers Simone back to action. Like, hey, I love this this person. I need to save her. Mm-hmm. She's the only one that's been sticking by me. Actually, and that's when...
1: Uh, you... you... It gets triggered more so, um, not at that point, but at an earlier point with a with the scorpion general, the female scorpion general, when she's about to kill Nia. That's when he really starts coming back. That's when he really, when it really clicks for him. Is yes, at that
0: point. you are, you are correct. I apologize. I did skip over that, but I was more referring to the point when lagon starts to react to him again and starts coming to him when they're all in prison and in jail that's when the second story of the the digger comes out yes where everyone was like we got to get out we got to stop digging we got to and everyone decides to stop because i see it as being futile and simone doesn't he never stops he's digging with his little drill the, the, the little key that he has he's digging with that trying to get out because he's been set with a task it's time to go he has to get out and that's when everyone starts to believe in him again and that's when he starts to believe in himself again that's when he feels back to where he was and and, then
1: and that's also when uh the other story was revealed because he recalls it and Yoko also recalls uh, Kamina talking about seeing Simon dig and that's when she finally believes in him too she's like I finally understand why she just sees his back he's sitting there he's digging and that's all he's doing he's just doing what he needs to do to, to move on it's like let's go and, and
0: that's-, that's when she recalls the story that Kamina was like you know I, f- I felt hopeless but I saw his back and I saw him continue moving and I I didn't want to betray the trust that he put in me so I told him to keep going and I told him to push on And that's when you, you are right. That's when you saw the second story where everything comes together. They didn't believe in themselves. They believed in, in the person that the other person saw. And that's why it became believe in the person that believes in, in you. So believe in me, believing in you. You don't have to believe in yourself, but trust that I know you can do it. If you trust me, you'll do it because I trust that you can do it. That kind of thing. And it was a very confusing dynamic and it kind of got silly after a little bit, but it, it started to work. And the change of events that happened was at the very end, right before he died, his last words were, don't believe in the me that believes in you, believe in the you that believes in you. And, you know, I was thinking that as confusing as it was, it it honestly, I think it deserves a lot longer than than what we've been given it um, as far as time uh, timeline goes. What do you think?
1: Uh, I would have to agree. I definitely would have to agree. Um, There's just so much that goes on in this episode. There's a lot of things that we're passing over, glazing over, not even touching on that. I feel like uh, we're not going to be able to get it done in this just this one episode. So we're it looks like we may have to break it
0: up. I definitely agree because what we got for the next one, if that's what we're doing, I think we are. Um, You have the whole political spectrum that could easily be another another 45 minutes hour. Yeah. So let's, Um, let's leave it for uh, a little anticipation for that.
1: Yeah. Um, next week, uh, we're going to be going over the final fight. We're going to be going over what happens in the future as well as the ending. Hopefully if we, uh, if things don't get drug on too long, but, uh, with everything that happens here, that is a possibility. So, uh, yeah i think that's all the time that we have for today um please join us next week you can reach us at feudal anime at gmail.com please reach out to us questions comments concerns and uh feedback of course is always welcome and i hope you have a nice day later man